this? Here's the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? You'd be shooting at like a ghost-like image. Now, you wouldn't shoot a ghost with a real gun. You'd shoot a ghost with a ghost gun. And that's what this, which you could kind of equate this to. So I'm thinking very, or very hard. Leave. I'm thinking very, very hard of a laser beam just sort of blowing up Liz's head. Is that, is that right? That's about it. <sighs> Girls are tied to beds for two reasons. Sex and exorcisms. So which was it with you? to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show, where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I am Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we have an unusual show today. And by unusual, we always like to mix it up. Uh, we're not going to have a top five favorites today, but we do have a jam-packed episode with interviews with two groups of people very exciting people, very exciting filmmakers. The first will be our film and TV news, where we'll dive straight into our interview where we caught up with director of When the Screaming Starts and actor from When the Screaming Starts, Connor Buru, who's the director, and Jared Rogers, who's one of the actors in the project. And then in our uh, spotlight section, we will dive in and talk to two filmmakers uh, who have started up the Female Film Club, that is Nicole Lieberman and Liza Vandersmissen, who are on the show talking to just myself, not to producer Dave, uh, about their project, the Female Film Club. But before we do that, let's jump into film and TV news. <laughs> listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we're joined by a director and actor uh, in the film When the Screaming Starts. We brought this when myself and David uh, had a an onset visit to the satirical co comedy horror film When the Screaming Starts. And we spoke with the director and a number of uh, cast and crew, and we're joined by them. Please tell us your names. We'll start with the director and move on to uh, actor. Please tell us your names and uh, where you are in the process of When the Screaming Starts. Sure. Um, so I'm Connor Baru. I'll let, I'm the director. I'll let Jared introduce himself. Um, yeah, I'm Jared Rogers. I'm an uh, actor in the, in the film. Jay is actually being quite modest there because he's actually a producer as well. It produced, um, Jared, you're not, you're not one of the writers, are you? It's uh, who was the writer uh, of the project? No, so so Ed and Connor have been working on that. I, I can probably sort of attest to to writing a line or something, or or recommending a line. But yeah, it's it's all uh, Ed and Connor. And Ed, Connor, as you're the director and one of the writers, please just remind our viewers, our listeners, what when the screaming starts is all about. 
Absolutely. So um, when the screaming starts is a mockumentary about an aspiring and somewhat inept serial killer and the documentary filmmaker who's following him on his journey, trying to get his first murders under his belt. And obviously everything unravels. And Jared, if I'm not mistaken, Jared plays the reporter. Is that correct, Jared? Uh, That's right. Yeah. Like if you imagine like Louis Theroux on a very low budget, very kind of odd, quirky Louis Theroux guy. Uh, yeah, because when we uh, when we came onto the set, we were uh, ushered into this warehouse, very uh, derelict-looking warehouse, lovely location, uh, and there was I think it was a mattress in one corner and a whole bunch of other stuff with an assortment of characters. Not mentioning who was there. If you want to check it out, just go onto our Instagram page. We've got tons of photos. Tell us when we when we saw you last year, you were in the middle of you. You almost wrapped. What is the state of the project at the moment? Well, yeah, that does seem like a lifetime ago now. Um, at that point, we felt like we had nearly wrapped. We had like a couple of pickups that we wanted to do. Um, but during the whole lockdown process, we were obviously working on the edit. And we just decided we had more scope in the story than we initially thought. So we used that time where we couldn't do much else to rewrite a couple of scenes that were existing, but mostly to add a whole series of new scenes to the film because it's a documentary. It kind of has that uh, freedom to take things off into little tangents. We had certain characters where we could explore their backstories a little bit more. So we actually shot another, another seven days on top of the initial 12 day shoot. So we shot a significant amount more actually. And that was only last month. So yeah, still pretty fresh. Yeah, I remember seeing on your Instagram page uh, you had some of the photos, some photos that you you you're taken on set. It was quite interesting to see some of you masked up and and whatnot. Can you tell us some of the challenges that you faced actually shooting those extra scenes during the whole pandemic, during sort of such const- uh, sorry constraints? Can you give us some of an, an idea as to some of the measures that you took to make sure that everything was okay and you actually met sort of the code? Yeah, well, from my point of view. Well, from the producing side, I guess, it was a case of thinking about that even in the scripting stage and thinking about when we were rewriting scenes or adding scenes, is this going to be doable in a kind of COVID world? Whereas before that wouldn't have been part of the equation. So we started there, tried to minimize any scenes where people would have to be really close or have any unnecessary physical contact. And then just moving forward onto the actual shoot, it was a case of taking every measure we could to be as safe as possible from, you know, temperature checks every day and all the health forms, risk assessments, making sure that cast and crew brought their own lunch, which was weird because we normally, you know, we like to feed, feed the team, keep them, keep them well fed throughout the day. So down to the smallest things like making sure tea and coffee was individually packaged. So you're minimizing risks in, in every way you possibly can. Cause I'm sure Jared feels the same. You feel an enormous weight of responsibility on your shoulders. At a time like this, it was yeah, very yeah. much part of our conversations every day. Absolutely, because obviously, I mean, this is a situation where uh, if one person, one person happens to contract, uh, you know, the, the uh, coronavirus, and they happen to bring it on set, that's essentially the entire crew being put at risk. So it's it's a it's a brave feat to have to say. You guys are far braver than I am. I barely stepped out of my house uh, in this entire pandemic. We've done the entire show via Zoom. 
Um, yeah. And, it, you know, we don't know how long it's going to carry on. So more power to, you, to yourselves. A lot of productions I know have shut down because of it. Um, it's credit to yourselves to be able to come together and still shoot those extra scenes. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. Yeah, and I'm David Campbell. And just to um, correct you, uh, we actually went on set this year. It was um, in January. Was it this year? Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's yeah, what... Yeah, it was pre-COVID, so yeah. Um, that, that's what that's what COVID nineteen has done. We're joined by Connor Buru and Jared Rogers, uh, the uh, director and actor from the uh, mockumentary When the Screaming Starts. You can check out their Instagram page. It's When the Screaming uh, When the Screaming Starts uh, on Instagram. Is that across all social media? When the Screaming Starts. So on uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, at When the Screaming Starts, and then on Twitter, it's at When Screaming. Uh, sorry, at when screaming even. Excellent. Um, so we will put those in the show notes anyway. So when people are listening to this podcast on Monday, when it comes out, you can just click on those links and go straight to those social media sites. Now, um, you did those extra, uh, those extra scenes. You shot those extra scenes. You've managed it. Am I correct in understanding that you've now finally wrapped on production and you are currently in post-production? Or are you thinking, actually, there's somebody else to kill and we need to film that? Oh. Uh, there is, <laughs> I'd say, a, a, a tiny little kind of bit extra, um, which in the grand scheme of things, it is um, just maybe a one or, or two day, probably two days. But um, yeah, there's still a little bit extra. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be very creative. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give away spoilers but there's going to be yeah lots of lots of really cool interesting costumes and um possibly some kind of face painting stuff and different masks and actual other masks than uh, obviously the ones we'll be wearing for for covid reasons but uh but yeah it's uh, it's been a long journey and and credit as well to to connor and to alan as well who i'm sure will be listening when this goes out in new york um yeah, they've been crazy editing for the, the months as well from we think when we kind of wrapped on the initial kind of block and, and what they put together as well. It's uh, it's looking great. Yeah, nearly there. It feels like we are finally, because, you know, it did hold us up a bit, obviously with COVID, the reshoots. But yeah, we've, we've got pretty much, I'd say 97% in the can. We just need to get these extra few little bits and pieces and then just trying to get it wrapped from the post-production side of things. Excellent. David, I think you have a question. Just wanted to ask about the, the, the cast, the rest of the cast. Do you know, have you been in contact with them? Do you know what, how they're doing at the moment and what they're doing as well to get work, if that's possible at the moment? Yeah, so we touched base with a lot of the cast with the reshoots. I'd say like all the main cast, we pretty much had back um, for the pickups. Yeah, so it's a real mixed bag. I mean, some people still working more than ever. I mean, one of our uh, lead actors, uh, Yasna Tor, he's film- he just finished uh, filming Young Wallander. Oh, that's just come out, actually. But he's just Yeah, finished. I was going to say, he's in Young Wallander and he's going to be in The Witcher, right? Next that's season. Right, yeah. I think he's just finished on The Witcher. Maybe he's doing a few more weeks sometime- at some point soon. But um, yeah, so he's been busier than ever. Whereas some other people... You know, it's it's been tough. They've been hit hard. And especially those that worked a lot in theatre or musical theatre. I mean, of course, that whole industry is just completely dried up for the time being. So 
Yeah, a real mixed bag. I mean, people, uh, I think people are obviously cautious about even making their own projects right now because it's just, it's stressful right now to try and plan anything because you just feel like at any point the plans change. Every, everyone's got a different sense of what's safe, what's not. Some people don't seem to really care at all and other people are terrified. So, No, yeah, you're absolutely plan. right. Uh, yeah, because uh, and that's uh, just going back to what I was mentioning earlier. A lot of productions have shut down because mm. they're not able to ensure or guarantee the safety of their crew and their cast. You've heard about big projects like and take it for what it is, rumors or uh, or truth from the the new Batman movie that's coming out, where even a production as big as that, crew members have con contracted uh, COVID and so on and so forth. So it's it's tough for productions, uh, independent productions, to be able to come out and still do that. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And we've got the uh, director, producer, and the actor, and one-line writer from the mockumentary When the Screaming Starts. Oh, um, I want that, Jared. <laughs> he's, he's, Maybe it's like two or three. Just... <laughs> he, he's, he's trying to be modest. Uh, Jared, I want to jump to yourself. Um, kind of jumping off of the same question that uh, David asked about um, finding work in this time. Uh, as an actor, sort of, what, are you, what do you work apart from when the screaming starts? What sort of plan are you setting in place? And I don't mean to cause an existential crisis if you don't have a plan already. But what sort of plan as an actor are you, do you have? Are you formulating um, that you may want to share with other actors who are uh, feeling that sense of anxiety because of what we're going through at the moment. Uh, it's yeah, it's a very crazy time. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, aside from kind of work, um, you know, we sort of uh, done like a lot of editing in the past, and also like a lot of filming of kind of non-feature um, stuff. But that's that's taken quite a big hit. But I'd say, I mean, for for actors out there, just to you know, I do like a few like little skits and stuff and like a lot of the other cast members do as well on, on YouTube and things like that. Uh, got a lot of friends and I've been sort of thinking about it as well, doing kind of trying to get into more maybe voiceover stuff as well and having maybe setting up like a little home studio um, and just like what yourselves have said as well, just trying to, yeah, be able to work as much as possible from home and because a lot of it has, especially kind of maybe more uh, corporate and like, other filming that's sort of taken a really big hit uh, this year so yeah I'd, I'd say you know aside from obviously trying to get the bread and butter to to pay the bills I, I'd say definitely you know if you know obviously you can't gather to create shorts or, or anything like that short films but you know use things like zoom um like facebook groups or whatsapp groups and just try and you know bounce around ideas so when you know fingers crossed we can Sort of early 2021 get back together you know you'll you can sort of hit the ground running and and go with with projects that you've kind of worked on um sort of yeah from this time yeah that's me. that's solid that's a solid plan connor i want to throw the same kind of question to yourself because as a director obviously right now you're neck deep in post-production so I, I guess you can you 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 are still working with that uh but what happens in that case i mean first of all let me just ask uh, just to recap, how if these two scenes, two or three scenes, um, are done, when do you think you might have the film completed? I think uh, we'll have to speak to Alan and a few of the other post-production team for that. But um, we're hoping to get it done as soon as as soon as we can. Um, obviously, this is a, 
uh, a self-funded low budget film, although we are, you know, we're pulling out all the stops as much as we can, but that does sometimes mean things take a little bit longer um, because we, we're getting some like top, top professionals working on the film, but sometimes they have to take other jobs in between and come back to ours. So it's kind of hard to give it an exact date, but we're hoping early next year. I'd like okay. to hope by February or March we'd have a finished film. Okay, that's fine. So then now use with that in mind, since you've now passed it on to the post-production team to work on it, how are you as a director keeping your head above the fray, making sure that you, while you're staying safe, you're still staying, staying sane, creative, and still working uh, as part, you know, to keep yourself going. How are you doing that? I mean, in terms of the feature world, it's definitely a case of scripts, working on scripts at the moment. That's, that's the main thing I'm focusing on in this weird time, is trying to use this strange point in history to create content, have scripts ready to go so that hopefully in the near future when this does die down, we've at least used our time wisely and we've got a whole backlog of scripts ready to go because that's one of the biggest battles regardless of COVID is just having the material that you want to shoot that's feasible because obviously sometimes you have a script and you really like it but it's like are we going to be able to shoot this if it's got spaceships and aliens and God knows what else in there so yeah really using this time to think about future projects and laying some more foundations and the day-to-day -day sort of side of things. I mean, I've just started working for a new production company um, and yeah, that's keeping me more than busy at the moment. So yeah, just more day-to-day -day sort of video stuff, not feature films, you know, like commercial bits and pieces. Excellent. David, you got a question? Yeah, I was going to just quickly pick up on that point. You said you're working for a new production company. Um, does this mean that you're going to be in front of the camera now? Uh, no, so I'm still behind the camera. Um, along with Jay, I mean, we've kind of over the years had to pick up so many skills. So, you know, we shoot, we edit, we write, produce, kind of sound like jacks of all trades. I guess we kind of are, but it does allow us to kind of stay within the industry this whole time. And um, we literally support ourselves this way. And then we you know, we can make our own creative projects on the side. I mean, Jared, even before COVID, he's come up with a system where he can write, shoot, edit his own. <laughs> I mean, he plays all the characters as well. So he's kind of COVID-proofed himself inadvertently. I guess the more skills you have, the more you can just keep working in this kind of tough, tough industry. Uh, Jared, this new project, is it something that we can see? Is it on YouTube or you have a website that we can see it? Yeah, so uh, youtube.com forward slash Jared Rogers Word. Um, it's, yeah, just little comedy sketches and little spoken word uh, bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, and, and going on from, from what Connor was saying as well, I mean, we started in 2012, I think we graduated from ArtSed. And we kind of had a 7D and um, a few lenses and stuff that, that, that Yas had bought and, and brought us together and you know connor had done a lot of film before but i'd never done um kind of film and didn't know as as many techniques and stuff but you know here we are i mean it is kind of eight nine years which kind of you know maybe someone watching wanting to start out or listening wanting to start out is thinking god it's a long time but but really you know you can you can start and especially with with iphones you might not want to you know shoot a full feature on an iphone but you can definitely do a lot more now than probably what we could have done back then with just, you know, things you have in your pocket. And um, yeah, I just say, you know, get, 
get the ball rolling, you know, get your friends together and get right. Well, I get on Zoom, get together, not actually in, um, not actually get physically get together yet. Um, after, hopefully after the 2nd of December, it will be a bit different, but we'll see. And, and, and if you have to, make sure you wear masks and wash your hands and stay Absolutely, apart yeah. from each other. Yeah, it'll be Thank very you. interesting. <laughs> It'll be very interesting shooting a film with everyone being two meters apart from each other. It's still, it's still doable. Just stay outside, well ventilated with boom sticks, you know, just boom. And, you know, the selfie sticks just holding the camera and everyone measuring yourself uh, apart from each other. So it, it's doable. Not saying you should just be safe if you're going to do that. <laughs> I have actually uh, seen a film that was being that was shot using Zoom entirely. And you had the four different panels, four or five different panels with each of the actors. And they told a story very, very effectively. And it was about the coronavirus and it was, a, it was very contemporary. So it can be done with Zoom or... Hey, uh, um, Bijang Tong, uh, film, film director, filmmaker Bijang Tong, who's a regular on the, on the show. Uh, he's currently a, an executive in Hong Kong, but he's just wrapped on a, a, an international film called Lockdown, where he's got Xander Berkeley in LA, he's got a few actors in the UK, he's got a few actors in China, and they've just wrapped uh, recently uh, on on film, just, just entirely on Zoom. So yeah, there are people doing it, such as Bijang, such as yourselves, Jared and Connor, uh, just making people like me just feel, ooh, you know, I may be able to step out into the public and and and, uh, and do something uh, and safely, if obviously if I can. Um, Let me just throw this at you. Um, is is there a scope for you sort of like writing in um this unfortunate time into one of your your next your future endeavors um writing about covid well not necessarily writing about covid but um using the pandemic as a backdrop so interactions mm. about zoom or what have you yeah i mean it's obviously crossed my mind, but my worry is that it's crossed every other filmmaker and writer's mind at the moment. I, th- I think we're all in for many COVID-inspired feature films and short films. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm sure some people can have some very interesting angles on it. I, I just can't face writing about it right now. It just, I think because we're in it, you know, maybe when a bit of time's passed and you've got more of a perspective on it. But right now it just feels too, too close to home to really go down that path. I'm just, okay. oh. Let me rephrase then. Um, not necessarily writing about COVID, but uh, writing a story that takes place during the time of COVID where mm-hmm. the interactions are mainly by things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or what have you. So you have that aspect, but the story itself is not definitely COVID, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I mean, um, actually, it's a shame Ed Hartland's not on this call because he's got a script that's actually based on Zoom, and I think it's brilliant. Um, and I've kind of been asking him to to really to push that one because it feels so relevant right now. Um, COVID's, I believe, like a small part of it, but it's more about the interactions over technology and. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic concept and it's definitely something I am interested in helping him with if I can in any way. Yeah, I think there was a, there was a film in 2014, uh, that was way before COVID, obviously called Unfriended, 
um, which right. is pretty much the same kind of thing. I think David, that might have been the one you were thinking of, where it is kind of uh, these four friends in a different in different chat rooms, and they're talking to themselves over Skype. And there's a killer that is killing them one by one. Uh, a couple of different films that are like that. So um, uh, it's a it's yeah, it's it's a an interesting concept. And Connor, I do agree with you. I think um, in the next six to twelve months, we're going to be getting a glut of films that are just COVID-inspired. Just before we went into lockdown, one of my projects, I kind of converted it into a COVID-inspired or COVID-themed one, and then obviously we got locked down, and I had to scrap it. So it's it's, it's exactly that. Um, so I, I want to just wrap up with one question for both of you, both uh, Connor and uh, Jared. Um, as you've mentioned, this is a small-budget film. Uh, what can our listeners do to support filmmakers such as yourselves uh, in these times? Because as you said, a lot of artists are struggling because of lack of work, lack of income coming in. How can we support your project at the moment uh, before it comes out? What can we do to support you? Uh, I mean, I think it, it's just that thing of, um, I think, you know, at the moment, it, you know, it's not a monetary thing. It's It's just... I think time, you know, to, to look at, you know, there are so many projects out there and um, I mean, it'd be great obviously to look at, look at our one, but, but yeah, just give the time to, you know, at the moment, like follow the, the social medias and just have that little, I think Instagram has the little bell and a YouTube does and stuff if you kind of subscribe, but, but yeah, just, uh, just, you know, follow the journey and see where, you know, not just ourselves, but other people, you know, it, it might not be film, it might be music or um, theatre, well, I know theatre is quite tricky at the moment, but kind of theatre groups anyway, and, and just, yeah, just give those people a follow, maybe they've got um, like a blog or, or like a mailing list or something you can sign up to again, free, and um, and yeah, just kind of keep in touch and, and sort of give that, give that follow, see what they're doing, and uh, and yeah, hopefully you can, we can all reconvene in the sort of the new year when it's it's safer to do so and and yeah that's i think that's the best way at the moment because unless there are any um you know maybe that are going to be down the line theater shows that you know you can pay a little bit of money to and kind of see like a zoom stream or something but uh, i think that's the best thing at the moment is to just get engaged through through social media so with that in mind, can both of you rattle off your social media handles so people listening can uh, can get onto it? Obviously, we're going to attach that in show notes, but if anyone isn't able to get the show notes or when it goes out on Resonance FM, Resonance 104.4 FM, they can at least listen and go onto whatever social media platform to uh, to get access to you. After you, Mr. Mr. Brew. Social media handles? Oh, he's throwing me under the bus. He knows I don't know these off the top of my head. Oh wait, well, well, I guess guess our one. Sorry to yeah to reiterate, our one is uh, it's on Twitter. It's uh, at when screaming, and then on Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, at when the screaming starts. And and you you'll see us anyway because we're always like kind of popping up, getting tagged in in posts. So our absolutely our one. Sorry, what Fantastic. about your own one, Jared? Um, your own Twitter or Facebook or whichever handle. Uh, uh, so everything, uh, YouTube as well, everything's uh, at Jared Rogers words. I've tried to, it, it's quite, it wasn't a, a very commonly used one. So I've managed to, to nick them all across the socials. No worries. We're going to subscribe to it and start uh, watching your, your sketches and your spoken word uh, videos as soon as we can. Uh, Sorry, Connor, Connor, have you not got um, oh. a social media handle at all? 
Oh, my own, I do know my own social media yeah, handle. That's, that's what we were asking for. <laughs> oh, apologies. Um, <laughs> mine is just Connor Baru um, across, yeah, all social media. So, yeah, that's easy. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, so we can follow you there. Connor Baru, you'll find me. I think I'm the only one at this stage. Excellent. B O N O R B O R U. That's the one. Right. Okay. I started to spell it out just in case people there were thinking, okay, um, how do you spell it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good idea. (laughs) You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. That was director Connor Buru and actor Jared Rogers telling us or catching us up on the project When the Screaming Starts is going. Thank you very much to the both of them. And as soon as that movie is done, we would love to have them back on the show so they can tell us all about it. I, for one, would love to watch it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm joined uh, by two... Did you say joined by? No, I'm joined... Yes, I'm joined by. Sorry, it's it's, it's Friday evening, and my brain has gone to mush. So I'm joined on this show by two filmmakers. Please tell us your name and the project that you're currently working on. Um, My name is Nicole Lieberman. I am firstly the co-founder of the Female Film Club, I'm also a producer in um, the industry. I've worked on a feature film and short films. And um, I'm also the VP of Acquisitions and Business Development for the online VOD platform Herflix, which is films by women, for women, and about women. And I am Liza van der Smissen. I am the other co-founder of the Female Film Club. And I work in the film industry as an actor, as a producer, and as an assistant director. Currently, I am in post-production of a feature film which we managed to film during this pandemic. And I'm in pre-production of another feature which we will be shooting next week. That is fantastic news. And I have tons of questions about the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call it for now, I've written a note, COVID film. I will come back to that in just a second. What I wanna dive into first of all, is the Female Film Club. Um, please tell us, what is the Female Film, film Club? What, what is it? How did it start? And how can people get to know more about it? Well, it started at same, the same time that this pandemic started, as everybody was in lockdown. There was a, the film ministry shut down. There was a disconnection between loads of filmmakers. And we felt this need for loads of female filmmakers to still be connected to the industry to still have hope, to still get inspired and to still network as loads of the film festivals were moving online. So yes, in one sentence, the Female Film Club is an online networking platform for international female filmmakers. So we have members from over 13 different countries around the world, um, about 10 different professions within the industry and um, it's growing. Um, Like Liza said, we started during COVID, so we officially launched on the 1st of August. And it's really beautiful to see the growth we've been having and the need 
that there's been for um, such a community because we weren't the only ones that have been feeling disconnected and we found that there was so much of a need for it. And women have been coming from all over and people have asked us, have, are these your friends or people you know? And I said, no, I mean, these are people that are coming from places that I've never even been to. And it's really beautiful because there's such a common ground for all of us and such a common language. And we're really starting to build the sisterhood together. So it's, it's very exciting for the future of the club. And it is, uh, I suppose it's a positive um, thing that came with COVID. Yeah, and it keeps developing. Like it started as just a film club. We're having film discussions around female directed films that from all different languages. So not only English speaking. And now it has grown to a full on platform a bit in between of LinkedIn and Instagram. So you have professional, but also fun connections. It's not like corporate in any way, but there's also no bikini pictures on there. Um, uh, and, and that's great. That's great because I, I actually wanted to, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about that as well, because um, I mean, it, you're, you're right in the sense that with COVID, there's a, it's a lockdown and we've had conversations about how filmmaking is a community. And in fact, every film, every project you're working on is a community to come together to get the project done. And now that the pandemic has occurred and we are shut down, a lot of productions are actually sort of being closed down or shelved or stalled. Uh, and as such, how do filmmakers get to interact? And it's a great idea that you're coming up with uh, with the female film club uh, for female filmmakers to come together. Now, I just want to start off on that point and then move forward onto a, num a number of other questions. So I, I, obviously from the title of the group, it's Female Film Club. Am I right in assuming that I, as a male filmmaker, will not be included in the Female Film Club? Well, first of all, it's for all female identifying filmmakers and we are actively promoting and connecting them. That being said, if a man would join the club, we're not going to throw him out. We are free about educating everyone and being together, but we are actively promoting and are for women in the club. Absolutely. I, and I wasn't trying to be political or, or contrary about that with that particular question. I just wanted to sort of understand, first of all, what the parameters sure. were. Um, because if I didn't show up and I say, right, I'd like to learn more about film and films, like, yeah, that's great. But unfortunately, no, you can't join us. Um, so it's good to know that I'm welcome uh, in the group. Now, uh, with, let, just to dive into some of the things that you might be talking about, uh, you know, spotlighting certain female filmmakers that may not necessarily get the recognition mm -hmm. in mainstream um, media or mainstream uh, filmmaking content, you know, uh, outputs. Can you give us some ideas of some filmmakers that have inspired yourselves as well that you tend to talk about in the filmmaking uh, film club? Some female filmmakers that you'd like to give a shout out to, that you'd like to get other people to be able to go and find out their work? Um, so there are, of course, the female filmmakers that everybody knows, like Andrea Arnold, who's amazing. And um, we'd like to give a big shout out to Sophie Hyde, um, we're having an event with Sophie Hyde on the 2nd of December, actually, a Q&A with her. And she is the director of um, Animals, who uh, the film came out in the UK, I think, a couple of years in ago. The U oh, in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and in the US, it came out um, five days ago, I think, on VOD. 
So we're very excited to have Sophie. And actually, Sophie, we um, looked at her film in the very beginning of the club. And the very first film yeah. we looked at all the way in April. So it's really nice to have a collaboration with her. And along that, we really want to champion non-English um, filmmakers as well from all over the world. So um, we have so many. How, how the Benjamini? Yeah, we, we have Benjamini, from yeah. Divines. Yeah. Brilliant French film. Um, Mati Diop, also Atlantics. Brilliant Fantastic film. film. Mm, so much, because you also had the We Are One Film Festival which had brilliant Asian films. Um, uh, which else? D-Race with, D um, actually we looked a lot at the yes. Mudbound. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one that we actually talk about quite a bit. Uh, Laura Sampson, my uh, fellow co-host on the show, she loves Mudbound. I still need to see it. Um, it's, it's so good. I, I always say it's, it's on my list and I have a couple of lists. It's, it's on my good to. list to watch. Um, yeah, you're listening to Shoot you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here with the filmmakers who are behind the Female Film Club and Nicole and Lisa. They're telling us about uh, their club, which is basically uh, a, an online forum for or an online networking event or networking community for film to, in order to praise and promote female filmmakers uh, in, in the industry, which is fantastic. Recently on a on a podcast with uh, another female, female filmmaker, there's a friend of the show, Jenna Suru, and we were talking about diversity and inclusion. Uh, I wanna ask you, you ladies, uh, in terms of uh, getting more female, female filmmakers out there, uh, what sort of ideas would you be able to suggest to, uh, to, in order to be able to get uh, you know, young, young women who want to go into the industry, what ideas would you suggest we can give to them who are listening right now that they need to be able to take on board to help them as they progress in the industry? First of all, don't be shy from seeking funding. Do the applications, push yourself. Don't think you have less possibility than any male directors. So just do everything you can in your powers to get the films done. And when you get your voice heard and have your voice heard your and voice matters and your stories told because your voice does matter. I think, um, unfortunately there's so many brilliant, um, even young female filmmakers that just feel quite insecure and maybe not as, um, they're so motivated and they have such a good story to tell, but yet they just feel a bit shy from going out there and telling it. So I would just say, just do everything you can in your power. And, don't stop because if you have a great story and you have a brilliant film, it will get seen eventually, but you need to push in all avenues to get it to the right direction and come and see me with half flakes because we're more than happy to put your film online on the VOD platform and then have lots of people to see it because half flakes is now signing big contracts with some big studios. It's going to get bigger with time. So, and I'm more than happy to give them an opportunity to then get um, distribution for their film. And find your tribe. Like yes. the film isn't made by your, yourself um find people that lift you up yeah men and women who have the same ideas who have the same vision the same values and work together don't be afraid to ask for help yeah and also have the confidence to lift others up because mm -hmm. you never know what you can give even though you feel like you're starting in the industry that's also why we started the club really to make 
women able to lift each other up. And uh, yeah, that's a very good point because it's sort of you once you've gotten up the ladder, you open up the door. Or you, I'm mixing metaphors. You climb up the ladder, you help other people up the ladder. You open the door or you walk through the door. You keep the door open for other people to come in. I completely agree with that idea. Um, and now, and, and Nicole, you've mentioned um, hair flicks. Yes. Uh, for those for for those who don't know about hair hair flicks, please tell us what is hair flicks. So um, it's an online VOD platform, so they can um, all look it up, www.hardflix.com. And um, it's um, a platform that showcases films by women, for women, and about women. And the president is a wonderful woman called Adriana Shaw, um, who's based in New York. And um, come and speak to me or join the female film club because when you join the female film club, you automatically get a chance to send, send us your film to then be considered for distribution with her flicks. So it's non-exclusive for feature films and for short films. And we're more than happy to look at your work. And um, there are people out there that are interested in female directed films specifically. So it's always important to especially for a short film I always say because sometimes you do the short and you finish the festival run and you did great and then the short just sits there and then just your family and friends end up seeing it again after a few years and you're like oh I made this film and then I think why not put it online get more people to see it get your name out there and also then I think how amazing would it be if in five years you become a big director and then also for Halflix to have taken that film from the very beginning as a short film so it's kind of a give and take from both sides. It's a nice collaboration. Absolutely right, and I agree with that. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a project I recently came across. Uh, I haven't dived into it. I do want to go in there and and expand my knowledge. I always I always look for opportunities to go and watch new films and uh, films from different from different perspectives for you know for, other than my own. Um, and obviously, other than the blockbuster Hollywood, you know, uh, superhero stuff, which I will always go back to and always watch and always champion. Um, but I still, I, I came up from the indie, uh, indie, uh, indie guerrilla filmmaking background. I would still like to go and look at other type of films like that as well. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and we're doing Spotlight with uh, two female I, I don't I, I'll explain why I don't like saying female filmmakers I'll come to that in just a second uh, two filmmakers uh, who have started the female film club Nicole Lieberman and Lisa van der Smissen did I yes. pronounce that correctly yeah. perfect in my head I was thinking I'm gonna mess this up I'm gonna mess this up but I didn't so I'm great yeah I'm not great I the fact that I got that correct is fine um so uh, the, the female film club, as we've been talking, uh, is basically a collection for uh, female to connect, an online network for film, female filmmakers to connect. One of the reasons why I don't like saying female filmmakers is not because I think female filmmakers aren't good filmmakers. It's the fact that you shouldn't be referring to yourself. You shouldn't have to qualify yourself as female filmmakers. You should just say you're filmmakers. Now, <clears throat> I'm coming from a point of view where I'm male and Hollywood or the industry has been male dominated for so long. We've already had a conversation about how you can encourage young filmmakers to come up, young female filmmakers to come up. What advice would you give to those who are already um, solid in the industry that they can do to make it easier for that change to occur where we're no longer having to put the prefix of 
ethnic minority filmmaker, disabled filmmaker, trans filmmaker, female filmmaker, what can we do, those people already in industry, what can they do to change that structure to make sure that we get to that final destination? Well, representation matters before the camera and behind the camera. So just be aware through what lens you're telling a story. And then I'm not talking just male, female, non-binary. I'm also talking able bodies. I'm talking races. I'm talking all kinds of backgrounds. Make sure that you're representative of... Like we're all being conditioned and we're all having a view of films because of what our environment has presented us these amount of years that we've been alive. If you think about a horror film, the female protagonist, what would she look like? Is she a frail, blonde, pretty girl? Or can she also be someone that you see walking around in Brixton on a, I don't know, Friday afternoon? Like think about how are we being conditioned and how can we challenge these things? If you look at the play, I am Emily, which was fantastic. Um, the representation in that film was so great. You had uh, women who were deaf, you had women who were, I don't like to say disabled bodies, but I guess you know what I mean. There were all kind of different yeah, the, the expression that someone gave to me when on, on the show, actually, it was live on air as well. It was differently abled. So, yeah. I, I, but I understand where you're coming from. So, yes. Let's go with that. Absolutely. Differently abled bodies and all kinds of backgrounds. And I think if you're in the industry, you kind of have a responsibility to tell the stories that everybody can identify with and can be inspirational for everyone. Um, of course, then the interesting um, conversation is also who can tell which story, which is a whole nother debate. But I think if you are accomplished and you are an industry, let's make sure it's as inclusive as possible in front and behind the camera. That's nice. I like that idea as well. Increase representation on both sides, because obviously if you just put it on the front of, if you just put representation in front of camera. So yeah, that's great as well. So we need to be able to see the, uh, those characters that represent us so we can say, yes, we can make it. But if those stories are crafted by people who aren't living those experiences, it is not true. It's a sense where it's told from a perspective where it, those people who do experience that would say that's that's not real that's it's not, not how that kind of person would talk that's not how that person would react so in a sense you need that in the back as well okay um just, we'll, we'll just one final question um on the female film club and then i'd like to move on to talking to both of you about your film uh, careers as it as it is um so if people want to find out more about film female film club what can they do how can they reach you on social media etc etc very easy, www.femalefilmclub.com. You can register for your profile, it takes two minutes. You have a two week free trial. So check it out, see if it's for you. We have amazing workshops coming up. We do a lot for mindfulness, as well as mindset. Um, as she said, we have Sophie Hyde coming, also Kate Kinnaman, the previous um, president, president of, of Women, Women in Film, Film and TV, TV UK. Yeah. 
Yeah, in fact, actually, you know, I wrote the note down. I, do, I barely write notes in, in interviews, but I wrote a note down. Uh, you talked about uh, the the uh, session with Sophie on the 2nd of December. Yes, yes. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so how do, if, if people aren't members of the Female Film Club, but they want to participate, observe that particular interview, what can they do? We actually also set up um, a separate event, right? So if they want to buy a one-off ticket, we are selling them for five pounds um, just to attend um, the Q&A with Sophie and the film discussions about animals. Um, but if they want to become members of the Female Film Club, they can pay four pounds a month and have other events included as well. So it's up to um, each person individually, but they can look us up in on Eventbrite as well and find um, the event with Sophie Hyde on the 2nd of December. Fantastic. Um, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm talking with two filmmakers uh, who have started up the Female Film Club, uh, Nicole Lieberman, and I'm going to try it again, Lisa Vandesmissen. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. I, I probably didn't say it perfectly, but you're like, yeah, we'll go with that. It's okay. Uh, uh, Nicole, I want to start with you first. Uh, let's talk about projects that you've worked on. So uh, as a, as a you mentioned you were a producer, uh, what's, your latest, what's the last project you worked on? Uh, we did a short film, me and Liza did a short film called Next. And um, we shot it a year and a half ago. Like that, yeah. And then um, we did um, quite well in the festival circuit. We premiered it at London Independent Film Festival. Um, we're going to also be screening it in um, Franklin International Film Festival, which will be on in a few weeks, I think it is. And we won Best Film also. And we won Best Film in London Independent Film Festival, sorry, yes. That's fantastic. So, yeah, 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 don't, don't, you, you should lead with that next yeah, time. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, I was under. And so that was a really nice project that me and Liza, um, was the first project we worked on together. And um, like we speak about this sisterhood and this community base and what we did is we really created that on set. And it was really beautiful to see um, so many people come together to make something happen and put in all so much hard work. We had a makeup artist who was, um, uh, who was a woman who was actually also our um, truck driver for and like helped us move everything on set. We had people, everyone was just doing their maximum and we had an 80% female crew, but we had a, a few um, amazing men also working on set with us and the vibe was just brilliant and you can collaborative very collaborative to the bottom. exactly um, no hierarchy no and we kind of um really believe in that no hierarchy on set as well it doesn't matter if i'm a producer and um you know someone is a you have the sound you have um you have the dp you have everyone who's just making it as collaborative as possible and for us everyone was equal um on every single level. So that was a really beautiful project. Also worked on a feature film, which was a British Ugandan um, feature film called Imperial Blue. And we premiered at Raindance last year. So that did well. And I have a few projects in development. My background is actually in human rights. So I always try to um, bring the human rights and film together. And I have a few projects now that I hope um, slowly will come into development and co-writing um, as well, um, our feature film with um, Lindsay Attenborough, who's amazing. And um, a member. And a member and director and producer as well. And it's about domestic abuse and violence, but with a different twist. Um, and also I have a period drama as well, something to do um, 
with um, the Holocaust and at, based on a true story and um, kind of based on the story of the book, The Tattooist of Auschwitz, but a different um, angle from that um, bestseller book. But all these projects are in development. So we're talking, hopefully in the next two years, we um, will move forward and see results. Of course. I, I just want to go back because you mentioned that the uh, British Ugandan film was um, Imperial Blue. Yeah. And the, the short you said was was that next? With two E's, yeah, next. <laughs> oh, with two yeah. E's, next to two E's. Um, how how can how can people get to watch next? And Imperial next Blue? will be um on Netflix um uh, by the end of the month, so you'll be able to watch it after Franklin Film Festival online. And um, Imperial Blue was still in the process of um distribution, so um people will have to wait for Imperial Blue. Uh, that's, that's fine. When, when it comes out, please come back on the show. Talk to us about it. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here with doing Spotlight with two female filmmakers. Uh, we've just heard uh, Nicole uh, Lieberman talking about the films that she's been working on. I'm now going to move on to Liza Vandersmissen, who's going to tell us about the COVID film, which she just wrapped um, during COVID and the fact that she started a new production in COVID. Um, please tell us, what's the production that you just wrapped up and what's the one that you just started? So the film that we managed to shoot during this pandemic is Another Day to Live Through and it's a UK Finnish production. I got involved in this project from January as a co-producer and it was just a fantastic story that got me from the very beginning I did a degree research in flawed female characters in Western 21st century film, which is a lot of feminist film theory. And to finish that and read this script, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to make. So when something comes on your path, you just grab it with both hands and don't let go, even if there's a worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, of course, there were travel restrictions meant that I couldn't join the shoot in Finland. So I had to do the whole pre-production from here. Then, of course, let it out of my hands. <laughs> but they did an incredible shot, um, an incredible shoot filming it there. And then when we came back, I, I saw the rushes and it looks incredible. They're now in post-production. And we actually launched a Kickstarter campaign just for the last bit of post-production, which already has been 30% funded. But of course... If you want to share or help the film industry, another day to live through on Instagram and on Kickstarter, be much, much appreciated. But I'm really proud of the whole production. The director, Peter Simmons, has pulled through and the lead actor, Lene, she's just been incredible from start to finish. So yeah, it was a dream working on this. Uh, and because uh, you're an actress as well, uh, so did you, were you not, uh, the fact you were a producer, were you not tempted to get yourself a role in the film as well? Or was it a situation where you read it and you said, no, you know, I'm going to put myself apart and have, be a producer rather than an actress? Yeah, I think especially with a feature, it's super tricky to wear two hats at the same time and to do it both to the best of your capabilities. And this film, I could serve best as a producer. Also the female role, you need to speak Finnish. And Lena is just perfect for the role in every aspect. So 
she's would be yeah she is a much a thousand times better fit than I could serve this role so I'm incredibly happy that she took on this role and yeah she nailed it and I could really help this project best as a producer fantastic and that's uh, another day to live through which is currently on Kickstarter, it's Kickstarter, right? Not so. It's currently on Kickstarter. We're going to put links to all of that on the show notes uh, for this project or for this uh, podcast and the radio show um, it, for film club, a uh, female film club for uh, another day to live through. For also for her flex, we can put that on there as well. Um, I, it just it's fantastic the fact that you've actually been able to power through, carry on with these projects, organize the film network that you have online the both of you uh, for film, female filmmakers and the fact that you've gone through the production with another day to live through you said that you're now in pre-production for another project yes i'm working on production. what project is that um the film is called a stranger in our bed and i'm working there as a assistant director together with cashman harris which is one of the best ad's that i've ever ever worked with so we're going to start that on monday Thank God the film industry can still work. We're all having COVID tests and it's, uh, it's going to be tricky, but we're going to get it done. That was the question I wanted to ask about with regards to the one that you wrapped up during COVID. I mean, we all, we've been talking to other filmmakers who've come on and talked about their projects they're working on. And some filmmakers have had to park theirs while others have just powered on through. We already know some of the limitations how did you get? How did you manage to work around the limitations that have been put by the lockdown, by the pandemic, by COVID in general? Well, we were very lucky because the locations that we have in Finland is a remote cottage in the middle of nowhere. So we could make a bubble of everyone in the production. And that all just went great. Simple as that. Everybody yeah. just... It's easy. You get everyone who's... Yeah, you get the entire crew together. Yeah. There wasn't even running water. Everything had to work and, and it was very primitive, but beautiful. How long was the shoot? We managed How long to shoot was the shoot? everything in just over two weeks. That's it. So pre-production down to a T and then just go, go, go. Now that's fantastic with fantastic news. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the film industry uh, or production companies such as yourselves are still thriving, even though uh, we're in a point where there's a chokehold on a, a lot, especially on the entertainment industry. Um, you know, even the the big the, the big boys or the big kids like you know Warner Brothers and Disney, etc. They're feeling the pinch. So obviously, those of us at this lower level are still struggling. But it's great to see that you're both, uh, both you, you, Liza and Nicole, are able to carry on and do your projects and still promote such uh, community in the filmmaking industry. I, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to uh, join us uh, this week on Shoot the Breeze. Uh, obviously, when you have more news about your projects, please come back onto the show. Uh, we'll talk more when we all get out of lockdown and we can go to the studio. We'd love to have you in. I'll introduce you to producer Dave and to Laura Sampson and you get to meet them and, uh, and, and join the family that is shooting. That's great. Amazing. And that was Nicole Lieberman and Liza van der Smissen talking to me about the Female Film Club as well as their projects that they've been working through on COVID. We would have a top five favorites this week, 
But unfortunately, because of all the good content we've gotten from our filmmakers, we don't have enough time. But we will return back to regular scheduled programming as of next week. <laughs> and we're going to have some wonderful guests joining us on Zoom for the radio show. So I want to thank you all very much for tuning in and listening to uh, the show, Res uh, Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus E. Ackle. And I'm still David Campbell. Said thank you very much for listening. And see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.